Welcome back. Welcome back to day 27. Is that right, Bono? Yes. 27. 27 of our journey through the Gita. And today we will start with verse 31, text or chapter 2, verse 31. Um, I'm here with Chichani Turan, teacher, and Balaram, my fellow student. And yeah, we just finished the big section on um, lamentation and not lamenting for for the body. And we learned about how amazing the soul is. So that was amazing. And now we're starting text 31. So yes, uh, thank you. listen to it. So just to get a quick bigger picture now from 11 to 53 is what Krishna speaks in the Gita. We discuss in 30. So this is knowledge of the soul. So that is what Krishna has given. The Gita has spoken about, okay, you are not the body of the soul. Now, any knowledge that we get, what is its implication? That is its implication for Arjuna's emotions. So Arjuna, he had two per his emotions were that he was extremely agitated. So the implication for his emotions was that don't lament. Because the people whom you think are going to die, they are not going to die. They are eternal beings. So the knowledge of the soul, the implication of that, let's put it this way, over your soul knowledge, it's not only knowledge, knowledge of the soul. So it's implication for his emotions and then his implication for his actions. Now while the two are related, oh, how can I kill them? You're not going to kill them because they're eternal. So don't lament. That's what is talked about till now. And then how does his knowledge reshape his understanding of his actions? So, okay, if you are the soul, then what does it imply for you? What should you do? So Krishna will basically talk about how for the soul, which action will be auspicious. Auspicious means which action will bring a bright, positive future for him. And he talks about it at two levels. At a, even from a, from a material perspective, first he talks about, and then from a spiritual perspective. So from a material perspective, that discussion will start from 31 to 37, and 38 to 53 will be discussion from a spiritual perspective. So this is basically the soul, knowledge of the soul applied to not just addressing our emotions, but also it is to analyzing our actions. So that's the broader context. Any comments about this? Very cool. So basically Krishna just said, don't lament because you are not the body, you are the soul. And now he's going to tell us why um, it's auspicious, materially speaking, or what to do. But what do you mean, auspicious action? Like, what auspicious action can be taken? Oh, okay, so see, it's, the first point is that when he talks about emotions, it is it's not so much you are not the body; it is your opponents are not their bodies. 
because arjuna had no fear of his own death okay so the body soul difference that is talked about it is your opponents are eternal so arjuna in the first chapter has never expressed any fear of his own death are eternal souls so it means that means they are not bodies they won't die they are souls won't be destroyed so therefore don't lament okay. so this was more for so that was the first section so now after you understand this suppose i have a disease and i think the disease is incurable and i'm in great pain because of the disease and uh, because i think the if i have painful disease uh, and i think it's incurable so once i come to know that it is actually curable hmm, it's curable then what will happen by that knowledge of curable one is in terms of my emotions you know i feel i'll feel pacified i'll feel relieved oh it can be cured but after that in terms of actions is okay what does it mean how am i going to cure it mm. so actions means i have to become maybe determined to take the treatment so so in that sense these are two distinct things so arjuna you are not going to kill their eternal souls so therefore you don't lament for them but now the point is you okay you what should you do what should you do then that is being addressed if you you are a eternal soul then what is it that you should be doing as a soul so now from the perspective of krishna will be talking on the soul's progression what is if you understand the essence of me is the soul so soul's progression so auspicious action refers to basically action that will lead to the soul's progression hmm? okay so we first appealed to his emotions to help relieve his emotions and now he's going to tell him what actions he needs to take to help the soul's progression and first he'll focus on material actions and then he'll he'll focus on spiritual actions yes right so let's look at the verse so dharmam api cha viksha navikampitum arhasi dharmyadhiyuddhachreyo anyat kshatriyasya navidyate considering your specific duty as a shaitriya you should know that there is no better engagement for you than fighting on religious principles and so there is no need for hesitation yes so now the soul arjuna is a soul but arjuna as a soul also has a role the soul is in a particular position in society and the role is as a the text the sanskrit word here is kshatriya so you discussed this concept earlier kshatriya is basically like a martial guardian of society person who is trained in fighting so as to protect people so here arjuna is saying arjuna swadharmam api chaveksha okay now considering your specific role 
you are a soul you are playing a particular role right now so the eternal soul has a circumstantial role and that circumstantial role is important so if you understand that this is the role you are meant to play navi kampitum you have no reason to tremble no reason to hesitate that why because if we consider a warrior for a warrior a virtuous or a righteous war now righteous war is actually the path to glory path not just glory but long term glory the word used shreya is long term glory that means suppose there are some terrorists there are some rioter there are some really brutal people invaders who are about to destroy innocent people and at that time if a person who is trained as a warrior has an opportunity to fight and defend those innocent people those civilians those who would otherwise fall prey then that is the purpose and perfection this is what i trained for this is what i am meant to do is like going back to the example of a doctor say a doctor has has got a super speciality in a particular particular disease and then maybe the doctor is doing many other activities in a hospital but when somebody comes with that particular disease which the doctor has, is specialized in yeah this is what i trained for so like that so doctor gets a patient in their speciality so that's what it said over here this is what arjun you have trained for now just grab this opportunity you have no reason to hesitate by by grabbing this opportunity you will be elevating yourself that will be mentioned in the next words but here it said that uh, there are two different things over here mm. okay before i go to that point any reflections बलरामाउ long term can also be now short term can also be say it could be short term means somebody just eats chocolates by the dozen and feels good but that feeling good will be maybe for a few minutes a few hours but then their weight increases their health goes down their teeth get spoiled maybe all that happens if they continue that for a few years so that could be short term gain it's a really short term somebody drinks and drinks and drinks and they feel high and the next morning they have a severe hangover that is even more short term we could say hmm? alcohol indulgence so it could have short term also in terms of how short the term is and long term can also be in terms of how long the term is so for example somebody studies in college diligently they are thinking that okay i could enjoy in my college i could just go to a party and have fun but if i study properly then i am creating a brighter future for myself mm-hmm. 
somebody cultivates healthy habits then maybe as they grow older they have they have better fitness they have better health better quality of life that's also long term if they healthy habits including savings money not just spending everything that they've got then they have a nice safety egg prepared for them for the future when they retire so that's also long term but long term could also be beyond this life and that is the long term that the bhagavata is talking about that if you are the soul the soul is going to continue to exist beyond this life and because the soul is going to exist beyond this life let's see what will be good for the soul beyond this life so now even the long term gain will be at two levels which krishna will talk about but we'll discuss the two levels as we come to them but i just wanted to introduce that first these two levels of long term and short term and then further gradations between them any comments or should i go to the next verse i got a question for you yeah do, do you think we can ever justify fighting for religious principles in this life like he did well dharmyadi yuddhash the sanskrit word is dharma and one translation dharma is religion now today we use religion in the sense of worshiping god and fighting in the name of god but religion in the past didn't have such a specific at least within the vedic context religion was not just worship of god it was also a way of living and when this this understanding is there so the sanskrit word dharma refers to also right action so for a for the police if there are rioters going around destroying property and threatening citizens then the police have to protect and protecting means sometimes attacking the rioters that is the right thing to do so so specifically here the war that was fought that was not for religious purposes in the sense that it was not that if you consider the two parties we discussed the party the pandavas and the kauravas so it was not that the pandavas were religious in the sense that they worship one god and the kauravas worship another god and the idea was that we'll defeat you and we'll force you to worship our god that mm-hmm. was not the idea at all mm-hmm. it was if you consider among the pandavas in the in their pandava forces there were people who there were warriors who had different uh, conceptions of the ultimate reality and in the kauravas there were different people had different conceptions on ultimate reality so the point i'm making is this war was not a religious war in the sense that we use it today it is not that i am going to impose my faith on you and because you are not imposing accepting my faith so you will have to die so it is not like say there were the crusades it is it is different from the crusades were basically fought between 
Islam and Christianity. Then was the hundred year war between the is Christians, Muslims. Hundred year war was there between the Protestants and the Catholics. There is Europe, Europe. So these are explicitly fraught on the religious grounds. Right now, there is a, a conflagration between the Palestinians and uh, Israelis. Now it's over property, but it's uh, clearly over um, religion also. So this war was not like that. So Sanskrit words are difficult to translate, and uh, so so religion is an approximate translation of dharma. But the point is, it's a virtuous war. That's the point. That's why I use the word righteous or virtuous. That when there is justified cause, if the opposite, say generally, if there there are there are at times legitimate reasons for fighting also. If what could be, if somebody's life is threatened, if the rule of law is threatened, if basic legitimate interests, okay, you can live, but you know we will. Uh, not let you get any education we will not let you do anything at all which would make life meaningful then if legitimate interests exactly what are legitimate interests that can matter debate but if these are threatened then we could say the war that is fought is a righteous war so that's a broad answer. I'm not sure where I addressed the specific no, question you had. It's a mind. great answer, actually. It really helps differentiate what what's going on today versus what was going on then, and what this what the intent of of this was for that. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's a good good question. Um, so, actually, I was going to address that in the next verse, anyway. But good that you brought it up. Baltram, any comments? Should I go to the next verse? I just wanted to clarify on that. So, uh, this war is righteous because of the the law and the claims the Korvas, the Pandavas have on the throne. It's it's righteous because the Pandavas have a right claim to the throne, and the Korvas are trying to steal it by unjust means. And I mean, I know it's not just the, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not just that. It's that the why is it, this, the Kurukshetra war is it righteous? Well, it's interesting. Uh, yes, they had a claim to at least half of the throne, mm. claim to half of the kingdom. You could say at least because they were both in the same dynasty. Uh, but beyond that, one side was out to destroy them. They had repeatedly tried to attack and kill them. The, the Kauravas had tried to kill the Pandavas. And more important, the Kauravas had shown themselves by their actions. We don't go into the history, but Duryodhan, you know, he had tried to humiliate and violate Draupadi, who was the wife of the Pandavas. And that too, he had done it in the in the public assembly 
where all the leaders of society were present so if a person normally uh, such horrible victim horrible crimes of war are committed but most people don't commit them in public view mm. generally if somebody wants to attack and torture and violate someone they will go to some uh, private place where there will be no evidence kept and then they will violate over there so here when he was doing it in public that means he had no fear of anyone at all now if such a person were given untrammeled power unchallenged power what would he have done to society would his atrocities have stopped to only the opponents the pandavas yeah he saw them as threats tomorrow his own paranoid mind is his own insecure mind could imagine somebody else as enemy and he would try to destroy them so he was basically a tyrant hmm? and he had to be stopped for the good of society at large so it was so the legitimate interest was the well was of course the kingdom of the pandavas but it is also the the protection of the citizens from an exploitative exploitative king hmm okay he demonstrated over and over again that his actions were not dharmic and he was not upholding his responsibility of taking care of the citizens in fact he was a threat to them because he was so outwardly not dharmic true true exactly so let's take the next verse and then we'll stop after that क्षत्रियाप्रिटीज the idea of mm, martial martyrdom is being hinted at mm-hmm. this is 232 so the idea is that even in our society say in the second world war i am currently in australia just uh, next to the place where i am staying outside that there is a war memorial and the soldiers from australia who fought and uh, sacrificed their lives for fighting that war they they are memorially erected for them so the point is that somebody who gives up their life for the cause of duty is considered it's considered heroic it's considered glorious so here the gita is telling that it's not just glory in this world it's that now we have to fight a war there are broadly two possibilities you may win you may lose so here if you win of course there is there is prosperity for you but even if you lose what is going to happen arjuna basically has three options and krishna will be analyzing those options one is fight the other is don't fight now fight he may win or he may lose 
So now if he wins, it's all good. Now if he loses, this is the option which Krishna is exploring over here. In this 231, 32. Hmm? Now don't fight is the option that he will explore in 233 to 36. And then the conclusive verse, Krishna will talk in 237. This we'll discuss later. But here he's saying, even if you lose, so the warriors, he says, they're happy because they know that they fight, even if they die, that will lead them to a higher destination, that will take them to heaven. So why? Because the universe is arranged in such a way that those who do their duty diligently are appropriately rewarded. Just like even in ordinary life, if, uh, if a soldier is very committed to their job, they'll be promoted. So now we may not think of death as a promotion, but if you see from the perspective of the soul, it's uh, just like a dedicated soldier is promoted in this world. The idea is that if the soul is continued, uh, is soul is continuing to exist, then continuing to exist, then a dedicated warrior, who a martyred warrior, you can say over here. What will happen to that martyred warrior is? They will be elevated, elevated to a better world. That better world is referred to here as heaven. Now, what exactly heaven is and what it is not, that we'll discuss later, uh, about 10 verses later in this particular section, in, in this particular chapter itself. But the point is that you will be elevated. Now, this can refer to, this can bring some disturbing connotations in the mind of say nowadays there are people who believe that you you die in war you kill others in war yeah. and you will go to go to paradise according to that particular conception and there a person will get 73 virgins to enjoy or whatever now that is radically different because in this particular idea it is it is on a see this war a righteous war versus terrorism. They are entirely different. A righteous war is fought against soldiers. These terrorists, they are attacking civilians. And that itself makes a whole universe of difference. We discussed this. This war was fought on a designated area. And on that designated area, it is only warriors who are targeted. And this is also, it is also done in such a way that it is out of fanaticism. You know, this is, this is my way. You don't agree with my way. You have no right to exist. You are going to die. But this is law. It is basically for law and order that we have to maintain order in society. And those who are disruptors of law, they have to be stopped. So it's a completely different worldview. And although there might be some similarities with the idea of the martyrs going to a higher destination, but why they are fighting and who they are fighting with, these two are these two make a huge difference. So this is not at all like that idea of terrorists going to some paradise. Okay. Any quick reflections before we finish? Mm. So when we talk about why they're fighting, we talked about either like for dharmic reasons, upholding religious principles versus just fighting over who who has the monopoly on God 
really whose whose conception yeah. of God is correct. And then yeah, it's said, more of not even dharmic purpose. It's, it's not even religious purpose. It's simply law and order. Law and order. See, the the Kurukshetra war was not fought to impose one faith on others. It was basically to stop an exploitative king from having unchallenged power, hmm. an exploitative, arrogant king. Right, and then then how you fight. There's also like rules that that make fighting fair in Sastra, right? So if you're fighting soldiers. Yeah, who you fight against, who you fight with, how you fight with, all that is there. Right, and versus yeah. civilians, versus associated more with terrorism. So yeah. this verse is meant specifically for righteous war that are that are fighting dharmically. Yes, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So Baldam, should I summarize? You have something to yes, comment. Okay, so today we discussed the the Gita's flow where it addresses emotions, the knowledge of the Atma, knowledge of the soul. So it addresses emotions of Arjuna that you don't have to fear. Oh, and then it's going to address his actions. Okay. So 2.11 to 30 address that. And now 31 to 53 will be addressing. Okay. What should you do? And then so the idea is the soul's elevation the soul's auspicious action for the soul will come from doing the present role responsibly done. So for Arjuna, the role is he's a warrior, so he needs to fight. And then we talked about the idea of martyrdom. So what it means, why is it glorious? It's, it's glorious when and what it is not. It's certainly not a terrorist kind of violence. Mm -hmm. That's what the two main points we discussed. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you.